can't a grown man just sleep in a bed with a child? Is that not allowed? Does does that automatically make me a paedophile? Yeah, there's the intro. Yeah, that's yeah. the, uh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. We are back with a classic threesome in the fuck bunker. Sadly, our little man in the wank shed in Scotland is not with us today, but under very good circumstances. Very good. Yes, uh, welcomed his firstborn. Excellent. Well done. Well done, sir. Uh, anyway, I'm Tom. As ever, to my left, Russ. Greetings. And to my right, Dan. Hello. And I think I've already said I'm Tom. Anyway, we are adding to our long-running series, long-running uh, of love letters. Yeah. Dan, you're going to fill us in on what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, we're cracking open the vault this week. I don't know why it's in a vault. But, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Okay? There's no so Love letters in a vault. That doesn't make much sense, but we'll go with it. Um, to uh, talk about a film that I think we all love. I think Russ got me into this film. I don't think I'd seen it until I lived with Russ. Really? Yeah. Mm, nice. um, it's 20 years old as of February, so we're a little bit late, but we haven't had a chance to get to it yet. Um and we're talking about the fantastic film, which is still relevant to this day, to everyone, I think, that's ever worked in an office or retail or worked, in fact, uh, Office Space. Oh, it's such a good film. It is an incredible film. I rewatched it recently to, for this podcast. Yeah. Um, I watched I, it last night. You watched it last night as yeah. well, yeah? Fresh in my head. Oh, God, it's so damn good. Um, I, I don't know where to start. I think it's Mike Judge's best work for starters, and he did Beavers and Butthead. <laughs> so it's up against wow. some pretty stiff competition. Yeah, true, true. Con uh, <laughs> I just, it's just one of those films that I now can quote pretty much all the way through, which is really fucking irritating, obviously, to anyone that's watching it with me. <laughs> but I, it's one of those films that for some reason still doesn't seem to get the love it deserves. It's the yes. very definition of a cult classic. Yeah. It, and it's like, it's a cult classic that stayed cult. Yeah. A lot of people haven't heard of it. And it's not like, you know, one of those sort of cult classics that goes on to become a big cultural touch point. It's all, nuts. all us nerds have heard about yeah. it. But a lot, you know, there's a lot of people aren't aware of it. But it probably, it probably should be a lot more kind of widely known than it is because. I think a lot of us, a lot of the population of the world has worked in an office or that sort of similar mm. environment. And um, I think I was, we were sort of chatting on the car, in the car on the way over. It's um, eminently quotable, eminently yeah. relatable. There are, there are little moments through it. And having worked in large corporate offices throughout my career, yeah, there are, there are moments that literally make my balls clench, like properly, oh God, I've been in that situation. I've, I've had like <laughs> multiple bosses. I've had, if something gone wrong, like four people come and, and, and have a little like, just a quiet friendly word about why that went wrong. Your TPS reports. Exactly. Mm. Just like, and that's the thing. It's like you misfiled your TPS report. I mean, it's like these things in the office environment that just seem to become so important to yeah. someone somewhere like real bullshit it's like a cover sheet for a TPS report. It's it? a cover sheet for a TPS yeah, report. Exactly. Yeah. I remember one of the one of the sort of first temping jobs I had was in this finance office and like the first thing every morning they would run off these reams of reports and they all had to be printed and it would use like half a box of paper to print all mm. these reports and then they just got put in a cupboard. And it's like what what is why are you doing this? All it's, you're doing is just 
storing paper. And the thing is, they'll only store it for three to six months anyway, when they'll have to um, shred them or send them to the to confidential waste. Because yeah. you don't keep hold of reports for that long because it takes up a lot of space. It was insane. Just printing for hours on yeah. end every morning and then nobody would ever read it. The thing, the, the office thing, space always makes me think of that. The thing that I love is that is that it's a cover sheet for a TPS report. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> like, he then, because he hasn't done it, and even though he's going, I know, I'll, yeah. I'll make sure I do it on the next one, each one of his bosses says, don't worry, I'll make sure you get the memo. <laughs> so that means he's going to get like... He's going to get like eight sheets of paper telling him exactly the same thing to do something that he's totally aware he needs to do. It's it's corporate life in a, in, in a nutshell. I, th- I think it, it, this is in any line of work that uh, where you've had too many bosses, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. Where you've been told the same thing over and over again, where you've made a mistake. And as soon as you hit send on that email or as soon as you've filled in the report, you know, you've made the mistake. And then within an hour, you've got six, seven people going, uh, yeah, you know, you made a mistake on this. Yes, I know about it. Okay, cool. Well, uh, did you see in the latest uh, uh, memo that we sent out that this is how we do it now? Yes, I know. So just make sure you do that in the future. Yeah, yeah. Do you need me to resend the memo? No, I don't need to resend the memo. I was aware I made a mistake the minute I hit send. So I do not need this. And then you've got three other people that, that might be your boss, like sending you the same thing. When I worked in an office... I don't remember a lot of it because I was quite drunk. But uh, when I worked in an office, it was there were several people that were considered my boss. And I was a temp. But I never knew who was whose boss. That was the thing that always struck me was they'd always come up to me and tell me what to do. Hmm. But I never knew if someone was someone else's boss or whether the person that originally told me was that person's boss. I assumed the person in the office that had their own office, that was the big boss. But everyone else that worked like at the stations, like in office space in the cubicle areas, I assumed that they were just a little bit higher than me. I found out one of the people that was telling me what to do was a temp. And I found that out because because um, I was a temp as well. And I found that out because then I was told to tell other temps what to do. So I was told to go to the temp that was telling me what to do, for, uh, go up to her for advice as to what to tell the other temps to do. Bloody hell. This whole place just run on temps. This is how I met a good friend of ours. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It seems that way. Mm. I think they were like, they wanted to be able to make a quick getaway. So shred the paper and just get rid of the staff if they needed to. <laughs> so, so how do we want to attack this? Because, I mean, let's let's talk about, it's Peter Clavin, isn't it? Yeah. Is so we right? want to talk is about Peter Clavin? Is that his name? Peter? Don't Peter. Peter. Don't know what his surname is. Do we want to talk about the plot of the film then? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, I mean, let's... Peter Gibbons. Peter Gibbons. There we go. Where's who's fuck's Peter Clavin? I don't know. What's well, do a I very can... specific name to just randomly? Someone Google with. Peter Clavin. I've, all right, I'll, I'm going to Google Peter. Shall Clavin. I, shall I go horrendous. through the plot of the film while you go through the plot of the film? I'm just going right. to find out who Peter. Well, Clavin no, I mean, is. most I think most people listening to this will be familiar with it. Well, I am <laughs> articulate as ever. Oh no, exactly. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy from Peter Clavin's. The guy from I Love You, Man. He's, the oh, character, yeah. he's, Paul Rudd's, he's Paul Rudd's character, which again is a film that I watched part that is, of last night. That's got, that's got a future love letter written all over it. Yeah, that's, well. a great, yeah. that's a great one. That and role models. Maybe we'll just do Paul Rudd. I love you, Brosif Goebbels. <laughs> role models is so good. Like, role models. Film, is... like, n- nobody watched it. Yeah. It was in the cinema for about two minutes. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Holy uh, Star Child, aren't you dead yet? <laughs> I, like, I like your view on boobies, and I like boobies. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So the idea is that the story is a man who works in an office, disillusioned, uh, hates his job, goes to work every day, surrounded by people that, in at least from his viewpoint, are idiots, except for his two mates who are also idiots, but they're slightly more tolerable. Um, goes to see an occupational hypnotist who promptly dies whilst trying to um, hypnotise him to being calmer while he's at work. Um, and as a result, stops caring about anything yeah he, he doesn't manage to bring him out of the yeah. trance so he just <laughs> at this point his life seems to become a lot better at work Into, yeah almost instantly yeah um whilst this company is attempting to make layoffs by bringing in consultants he does very well with the consultants by mm. just being um straight talking yeah exactly no nonsense yeah, yeah. um as a result of this though he gets a promotion his two friends who work in it get fired uh, and from this they have to they, well they scheme a plan to steal tiny amounts of tiny tiny fractions from each invoice isn't mm. it that it's like the, the rounding error yeah in uh, in transit which was it was a a real thing that yeah. somebody tried to do yeah you you take the sort of the fraction of a penny that gets rounded off by a an accounting system that only goes to so many decimal places and you put it into an account but the the film is mostly about um peter who is just trying to be happy in his life and he, he, the line that is quite early on in the film that says everything is like, when you were asked what you wanted to do when you grew up, and like you, were, my response was always nothing. I want to do nothing. Like mm. I'd like to do nothing. If I had a million dollars, that was the one, isn't it? I would, what would you sit do on my ass and every do, day. Yeah, and oh, yeah. Sure, and, and it's, <laughs> you don't need a million dollars today. <laughs> yeah, sure. Look at my cousin who broke. Don't do shit. <laughs> 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 what, what would you do, Lawrence? I'll tell you what I'd do, do, Peter. <laughs> Two chicks at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's what you'd do. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think... I think <laughs> was it something like... He said something like... Um, I think I, I, think I, I could... I, I, figure, I figure if I had a million dollars, I could hook that thing up, yeah. and at, least, well, at least with the kind of chicks that would go, go to somebody guy like me. <laughs> <laughs> He's one, Lawrence is one of my favourite characters. He's yeah. next to a neighbour. Don't worry, in... guys. I won't say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what the so, hell was that? <laughs> Yeah, that's just it. Lawrence. Don't He's worry cool. about it. He's cool. So he lives in he lives in like a, a condo with, with like a jeepless condo, jeepless, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, with the walls are so thin that he just regularly has conversations with his next door neighbour through the wall. <laughs> yeah. Hey Peter, Channel Nine, breast exam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who who is a lot happier by all accounts and works in construction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I play um, by uh, the, the, the Diedrich Bader, who looks like he's having a great time. Diedrich Bader comes up in a lot Brilliant. of our love letters. By yeah, the way. I'm sure it does. <laughs> he came up in Kevin Smith as well. Yeah, I was yeah. a guard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they do in prison. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's talking about like his, his job. Oh, what's the, in the, so early on in the film, someone comes up to him and looks like someone's got a case of the Mondays, which. I hate that woman when she's when she says that because yeah. you know that these people actually exist. Yeah, yeah. But the greatest lot, one of my favourite lines in it is the how he goes, Lawrence. Has anyone ever said that you look like you got a case of the Mondays? Shit, no, <laughs> no, no. I do believe you get your ass kicked. Line of my <laughs> line with this look of absolute yeah, horror on his exactly. face. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, but it's it's a comedy. But it's all quite, whilst being a goofball comedy, I think it can be fairly described as, it's set in a semi-realistic world Mm. where there is a lot, pretty much everything that happens in that film is relevant 
to an experience you've probably had at work. Everyone's worked with a Lumberg, I think, at some point or another. Yeah. The guy that can't really tell people off, but at the same time uh, tries his hardest to, 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 to get away with doing nothing. Sounds like me, actually. Um, but hey, I mean, but again, Bill Lumberg is a, is an almost, I mean, dead on kind of pastiche of the of the corporate guy, the corporate VP, mm. who's who's basically got to his position just because of time served. Yeah. He's been with a company, you know, like 15, 20 years. He's worked his way up, not by hard work, but just because he's still there. Everyone else has either gone or, or left. And now he's just kind of in charge of all these people, doesn't really know any of their names like or last names or interests or anything beyond that. I mean, he literally just walks up and he just kind of goes, hey, Peter, what's happening? Anyway, you know, just literally just breezes yeah. past, doesn't even wait for an answer, doesn't even care. It's the typical corporate number. You know, you're a number, you're in a box, and that's it. And Lomberg is one of those people mm. and just has no real care beyond that. He's got his private parking space. Mm. He's got his Porsche. Yeah. He's got his office. He's got eventually his swing line stapler. You know what I mean? And he's actually just a petty kind of, He's a nothing. He's just a, a guy in a suit. That's the reason why people power dress is because they've got nothing, no substance underneath. Yeah. He's perfect. Yeah, He's he, perfect. It, Gary Cole plays him very well. I, but Gary well. Cole's brilliant. He's yeah. so good. Stick him in any part. He, I mean, even Dodgeball, he was great mm. as the as the commentator. Yeah, him and... Uh, um, God, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pepper Brooks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jason Bateman's amazing, that film. Dodgeball might be another one at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can watch it two, three times. You see things you missed. Yeah. <laughs> so, but back to office space. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can kind of tell the jobs that Mike Judge has had in the past, because then, he, then there's the, any scene where they're in the restaurant. Mm. It's clear that he's had the whole. Well, okay, you're wearing the twelve pieces of flair, but do you not want to try harder? Do you not want to impress a little bit? Do you not? Do you not like your job? Do you not want to like? Do you not want to just wear? He he's trying to just say that she should want to wear these yeah. badges that she well, doesn't care about. In any job at that level, the answer is no. No, exactly. I, yeah. I don't care. No, I need a job for some money. Yeah, I do the work. You give me the money. That's that's as far as this relationship is going at the moment. But she goes, well, why not just make the minimum required flair thirty pieces of flair? No, I want you to want to. to and and his that. response is always, "Well, I mean, if if you feel that just doing the minimum is enough, yeah. then you know, okay." But I mean, look at you know, look at Gary over there. Yeah. He's wearing like thirty-eight pieces of flair, you know, and it's just, it's this pathetic kind of, <laughs> you know, what's he said? Why do people come to Chachkis? Because mm. they want a burger and a smile. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just like this pathetic thing. But I love, I love it because it does deal with the realities of the office. Yeah, uh, like office culture, but it also makes that whole statement like it doesn't matter where you work. Yeah, you're always going to have a shit a boss that you don't like sometimes, and and don't you just nothing other times. Like you, you know, no matter where you are, you're going to be facing the same shit. Yeah, it's like mm. that's just what happens. I don't know anyone, anyone who always loves their boss all the time. No, no, because because we're point, human beings, and at some point your <laughs> boss is going to tell you something you don't want to hear. No, exactly. So yeah, I, it's. It, yeah, it, it's it's one of those. The guy that in that particular role is your fairly typical kind of retail restaurant boss in films, mm. um, which does that's sadly all I'm exist. That's, that's all yeah. I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all I'm asking. Where they think that because they are the boss in in a in a restaurant or a, re- a place of retail, and trust me, I know this, um, that they are the shit. That, that they are the people that that that. 
that are looked up to. How many other characters though are like so relatable in that? Like the yeah. guy Drew is you know the the O O yeah, face. Yeah. He's he's like I mean I've met a thousand people oh, like yeah. who mm. just have a job and they're just really ha- they're just they're just like like work is work, outside yeah. life is outside life, they just don't give a shit. It's like that's what you can do at a corporate job. Mm. You can just kind of disappear. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't really you're not really there. It's like oh, I'm gonna show on my O face. You know, he's just literally oh. talking like oh. that in front of <laughs> yeah. he's the only guy that like kind of talks like in that outspoken, kind of like uncaring, kind of like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I've met thousands of people like that. Yeah, but you know he goes home and then cries to Gilmore Girls. So like, <laughs> yes. but like it's 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 clearly a front, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. But then the um, we haven't even mentioned, and I feel weird bringing it up like this. Michael Bolton in the film, yeah. who is not the Michael Bolton, but is a, a character who shares a name with the singer Michael Bolton, um, <laughs> and how often he's asked, he goes, oh. Are you two related? Like they don't even mention in the film how dumb it is that how dumb that question is. That there's no way that if they were related, they would be, have the same name. Like they don't even mention that in the film because it's considered way too dumb to even consider to consider it. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, and like the, the little twitch on his yeah, face when yeah. he gets like the same joke for the fourth time. Yeah. just that day. Yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. I do love one of the Bobs saying, oh, I mean, but you must really like him, like, <laughs> yeah, having the exactly. same name. You know? like, and then going, oh, man, I, I don't think it gets better than uh, when he sings When a Man Loves a Woman. I'm a fan. But, I'm I mean, a fan. I'm a fan. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I celebrate his entire back catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea. I celebrate Michael Bolton's entire back catalogue. But he, he is, Michael Bolton in that film is just pent up aggression throughout. Mm. Because, yeah, as you say, four times a day he gets, are you related? You must love his work. And it's usually by people that he can't talk back to. So that's why every time he gets an opportunity to say something along the lines of, you know, man, I'd I'd kick their ass if I had the chance. He listens to aggressive rap music as well in the car. Um, But he's obviously quite shy and quite retiring because he he doesn't, he's not very confrontational except with the printer. Mm. Which is clearly his out. He's all like like trying to drag him back from beating the (laughs) shit out of the printer. The printer scene itself is iconic, and I think that probably 60% of people who will... So I, I think anyone that's seen that printer scene, 60% of them probably won't know where it's from. Mm. PC load letter. Yeah. PC so, load letter? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so I was just looking up trivia about that. Apparently, the printer just jammed whilst he was doing the scene. Like, that's all Oh, improv. really? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, PC look, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> that was just all improv, apparently. Just pulls the top of it yeah. off. Oh. <laughs> this is funny, actually. We were talking about the flare. I just found this article, like, 20 things you don't know about, you didn't know about it. It actually inspired TGI Friday to stop making employees wear flare. That's really? amazing. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, um... Whereas in real life, TGI Fridays noticeably phased out Flair by 2005. Judge revealed last year that one of his assistant directors asked a Fridays employee without revealing his or her affiliations about the absence and was told that they removed it because of that damn office space movie. <laughs> Someone really better about the Flair going. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. One of my favourite bits in the film is when he has um, just been hypnotised. And he, he decides to just not go into work the weekend. And then he's going through the answer phone messages. But then he instead of, he, he goes to work. He parks up at work and then just goes to, straight to the, um, the the coffee shop. Yeah. And he's he's talking to the, to Jennifer Aniston's character. And he's like, I've just decided I'm not going to go to work anymore. 
well, when you get fired, yeah, but I, I don't really like my job, so that's fine. But what, don't you have to pay bills? Don't you have to pay taxes? Yeah, I don't really like paying them. I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> but throughout the whole film, I'm like, he's kind of a fucking hero, really. Oh, mate, he is. Especially because, like, like oh, I'm just not going to go anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I didn't even realise that was an option. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, how, like, even he finds it insane how he just can't get fired. Yeah. Like, they see him as, like, as like this refreshing, challenging, unta- untapped talent. When he, uh, he gets to the bobs and he's telling them how he just comes into work, he's like, yeah, and then I just sort of space out for an hour or so. <laughs> yeah. It looks like I'm working, but I'm just sitting there. Yeah. It's like, maybe, like, in... In a given week, I do maybe 15 minutes of work. <laughs> and their reaction is like, this guy. Just, <laughs> yeah. This is wonderful. This is what we need. Yeah. Like, just keeps getting promoted. He gets away with murder as yeah. well. Like, he, he goes fishing on that day and then comes into work just to gut the fish. Oh, it's it's, it's just yeah. such a great, like, exa- of, of how just m- mediocrity yeah. can be celebrated and, and advanced, especially in that sort of corporate culture. Yeah, but the thing is, he does actually say some really good stuff that that really again I would probably resonate with like kind of you know like proper thumbtack office workers where he mm. says, "It's not that I'm a bad employee; it's th- it's just that I don't care." Like <laughs> you don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, like he, you know, and he goes into the whole thing about motivation. He said, and the problem is that if you if you use like the fear of getting fired as motivation then people are only going to work hard enough to not get fired. Yeah. They're not going to push themselves beyond that. And then they go, well, what if, and this is a hypothetical, you know, what if some sort of, you know, bonus share scheme was, and he, and he just kind of goes, yeah, whatever. I don't know. But anyway, I've got to go now. You know, just, it's like this, this is, this is the corporate world. They think this kind of stuff excites employees. It's like that kind of, is a comment, I think, on that kind of Stone Age thinking of what if there was like a kind of bonus scheme that, mm. you know, would probably have tons and tons of terms and conditions depending on how you would be able to get it. I mean, you know, I know some places of work who kind of have these things like set up like in, you know, at the end of the year that you'll, you know, every if the company hits its performance bonus, you'll get a 2.5% mm. bonus. If you, if then after that you hit, the company hits some stretch targets, you'll get 5%. But then also there's an optional 2.5% that you can get on top of that the like if you meet your own performance targets something like you know or you exceed it or you, or something like that mm. you know so there's these like little unlockable things but you you can't get your performance bonus unless the company hits its objectives mm. and the stretch targets that's what unlocks the last you know what i mean it's that kind of thing yeah that doesn't motivate me because if my if the one that actually involves me doing work dependent is dependent on, on everything else, else yeah. and everyone else then it's then what am i doing the um, that line itself, I have actually used with people I've worked with, mm. with the the whole the um, well that just makes me work hard enough to not get in trouble, basically. Exactly. Um, I've used it with people that that I feel have, have have had negative influences, and I've said, well, maybe we should be trying to offer like an environment that they actually want to work in. Uh, because if you offer a negative environment, a negative reinforcement just makes people work hard enough to not get in trouble. Exactly. Uh, I yeah. Um, so are, that's you office... are breeding a culture of, yeah. of mediocrity, and that's office space um, affecting my management style, like directly. Yeah, as like a how style. not to do it. Exactly. Type thing. Yeah. Which is just says how great this bloody film is. Like, there's, there's a lovely moment where he brings in the power tool. And he yeah. unscrews the um, wall of his cubicle yeah. and just pushes it open. And 
Bill Lumber comes over and goes, right, Peter, I think we need to have a conversation now and stuff. He's like, well, I'd love to, but I've, I've got a meeting with the Bobs. And yeah. like, it's like, oh, hang on, I didn't, I didn't know you were having a meeting. Yeah, they called me at home. Oh, they called you at home. Yeah. He just literally gets up and wanders away, and and uh, Bill just like goes. Uh, okay, Peter. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, we'll uh, get this uh, cleaned up for you, uh, just to exert what this tiny mm. little bit of yeah. power over the proceedings that he's completely lost control of. Isn't that when he's like gutting a fish on his yeah. desk? As he, well? No, he's, he's playing, he's playing he's Tetris, eating Cheetos, <laughs> <laughs> just like this, literally like orange powder, like <laughs> all over his reports. <laughs> oh, it's so good. There's lovely moments. So it the, came out in '99, didn't it? Yeah. So one of those sort of. It's been twenty years since Office Space yeah. came out. Articles had a really interesting take on the like. There was a sort of a crop of films about people like throwing off the shackles of the everyday at that yeah. time. So you had The Matrix, yeah. You had uh, like American Beauty, um, Fight Club, and Office Space. All yeah. got quite similar themes of sort of people like waking up to the real world and and changing their like their existence in it. In a slightly less extreme way. It's probably got something to do with the, the cusp of a new millennium. Mm. Like, well, new millennium, flying cars will have to do everything different. That's simple. <laughs> it's like, because yeah. New millennium, flying cars. <laughs> so I'm, that's I'm still like, fucking waiting for them. Yeah, I know. But flying cars would be a fucking terrible idea. Yeah, oh, it'd be it'd fucking be awful. ridiculous. Look how bad people are at driving. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's cross that with flying planes. <laughs> That famously easy skill to pick up, <laughs> and you just you literally just have learners like if they're like VTOL just disappearing into the stratosphere, into the just, like oh oh oh, yeah. <laughs> we've lost another one. Didn't want to do that. Yeah, never mind. It's just ah uh, explosive decompression. Yeah, <laughs> so like, it might happen. It's not going to come in until like to get to flying cars. We'd have to have fully autonomous cars and also perfectly reliable flying things yeah yes so i think this is a long way off yeah. funnily enough actually have you guys i'm sorry we are going on a bit of a tangent here have you ever uh watched any of uh noah caldwell gervais's um very thorough looks at video series he's no. called noah gervais he's really good he's like basically the gaming philosopher he's, he's really cool he's just this guy in america who every few months or so will release a, a long like kind of hour and a half or two hour video about like a a game series and just go into it in depth and it's really good. Um, and I've totally forgotten what my train of thought is now because flying cars is what we're on. Flying cars, flying cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally forgot where I was going with yeah, that. That's what we're talking about. What else are we talking about? Um, with this. Oh, autonomous cars. Yeah, he's talking about AI. He's talking about it in context of Soma, and he says the. I think it's in so. No, it's not. Sorry, it's Tacoma. Tacoma and Soma is done in a in a dual episode, which is really fucking good. It's great. I'm going to send you guys a link because he's so, he's so good. Oh, Shout out to Noah. Love you, Noah. Um, and he's basically talking about how the AI in autonomous cars will have to value the life of... It'll have to weigh up in a split second. Do I veer out mm. the way of those of those cars? What value am I placing on on people's... On basically the participants' yeah. lives here? Yeah, it's, it's the trolley problem. Do I swerve yeah. to avoid the person to protect that person or is it safer to plow through that person to protect my driver yeah it's something it's been like a philosophical yeah instrument for ages it's like the sort of thing that like if you do philosophy 101 the the professor would put up on the board but like it's actually real now it's real yeah. and it's sort of crazy stuff like do you do you have like more points for yeah. a 
for a baby in a buggy and less points for an old person. Like they, yeah. they literally do have to. Yeah, but they have to be able to make that in stuff that in split seconds. Is that there's funny, isn't it? There's a there's an Asimov uh, book. Um, you know, part of the robot. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I don't know why we're talking about this now. That's this is me. This is my fault. Um, and one of them is not allowed to, by action or by omission of action, allow harm to come to a human. Yeah. But at the second time, one of the laws is to not allow harm to come to the it's, unit. It's the laws of robotics. Mm. Yeah. So it's the laws of robotics. So yeah. that's the point. So of course, there's that great book where there's that great short short story where this one robot just found itself going round and round and round in a circle because there's a human stuck across a lava river, which the robot would be able to get across, but would probably damage itself, mm. but can't leave the human unattended. So just literally ends up going round and round and round in a yeah. circle because it's got conflicting... Ah, I don't really know what to say. I can't, I can't go, can't go, can't go, can't go. Got to, got to protect the human. Can't, can't, you know, it's like it literally can't not act, but it can't act. Yeah, interesting. So that's the point. Are autonomous cars just going to try to halt? Stop. Well, I think like most of the time they will, but like, yeah, there's really been people killed because of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Even though there's drivers in the cars as well, because you're meant you can't just have an autonomous car. There's always got to be a driver there just in case. Like that's it's been the Ubers, isn't it, in America? Yeah, it'll it'll be like that for a while. I yeah, really, just want to get to the point in my lifetime where I can drive to the pub, yeah. get wankered, <laughs> yeah. and get in my car and tell it to take me home. You know you'd never end up at home, though. You know you'd always be like, your car would be crudely parked up outside H&H. &H. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd have just fallen asleep. What, what you want is to like pre-program yeah. it to say, look, whatever I say later, yeah. just take me home. Yeah. Have you seen the Rick and Morty episode? Oh, Keep... chicken wrap! <laughs> have you seen that? The, 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 the Rick and Morty episode. Keep summer safe. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what you're going to find yourself. Yeah, yeah, no matter yeah. what you say, it's just it's going to have to break a world peace for you to get home. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be what happens. It's like yeah. the roads outside, like late night KFCs, should be littered with cars with people in hangovers. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Oh God! You yeah. want to get to a point where you don't have to go in the car, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> just like you pay through PayPal. Like from home, send the car out and just get to chuck it through the window. Oh, that's weird, isn't it? That's that's such a strange thing. Mm. That's such a strange thing. So office space. Anyway, so office space. <laughs> um, did you know that Mike Judge plays uh, her boss in Tchotchkes? No, I didn't. He's wearing well, he's glasses, manager, glasses yeah. a wig and a moustache. <laughs> <laughs> he is really funny at that. He, was, he looks like the guy from We Are Scientists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He in does. that movie. Do you know what we haven't, who we haven't talked about yet? Milton. We Milton. haven't even mentioned Milton, yeah. Milton, who is Adams. an integral piece of this puzzle. God, yeah. words are failing me. I've got a stinking cold. Pivotal to the, yeah. to the plot. There you go, yeah. He's he's hilarious as well. And throughout the whole film, he is just muttering under his breath, they consider the building on fire. <laughs> and like, I, I, you, you never think he's actually going to do it. I know this is the point of the film, and I know this is the point of his character, you never at any point think he's going to actually set the building on fire. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> you probably think he could. And I just love the scene where he's on the beach at the end, in his trousers up to his nipples. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, there's still his work trousers and like a neon t-shirt. And he's drinking pina coladas, but he gets uh, sent a martini instead. Yeah. Oh, it's a margarita. A margarita, yeah. yeah. And I ordered no salt. No salt. No salt. No salt on the rim. No salt on the rim. Um, yeah, he's great. Uh, funny thing about the red stapler I literally just read there yeah. is that they is that Swingline didn't make red staplers at the time. They they actually um, they they uh, the prop person painted one red 
and had it as the red red swing lane staple. And um, so about sort of like you know years after, people were sort of sort of ordering from swing lane. Oh, God, I want red ones. I want Milton Adams ones because mm. they didn't have them. They didn't yeah. do them. They did them in black. Like you know that was <laughs> it. That was what you got a swing lane staple in. And then of course they were being quite enterprising. So eventually they made a color called Rio Red. Oh really? Uh, yeah, and that was it. And the swing line staplers were then red like five years after the movie. How cool is that? It's a great bit. That is awesome. Yeah, it's a great little nugget. It's another instance of office space affecting the world around. I it. love that it. Shamed TFI Friday. That's <laughs> such amazing. <laughs> isn't it? So funny. So someone watched that and goes, "Oh, it is a twatty thing to do, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah. Also, what's brilliant is the um, is the fact that you find out that Milton was fired several years ago yes. but through a glitch in the payroll never was removed from it and therefore has still been receiving a paycheck and like years we have just passed fixed the glitch yeah <laughs> it's like oh so he won't be he won't be working with us anymore it's like well no hang on there genius uh, all i said is we've fixed the glitch we like to avoid any uh any was it confrontation where possible that's, yeah. why, that's why we fire people on a friday <laughs> yeah that's talking about um, michael bottle and uh, samir aren't they and uh, how they don't fire him on the friday yeah it's um just it's just instantly quotable i i if there's probably people listening to this podcast who haven't watched this film and i uh, everyone i meet that hasn't watched this film i urge them to pretty watch much it. is everyone you meet yeah yeah just, you know mike judge actually says that the last third of the film yeah he's not a fan of oh really thinks it needs a massive rewrite and i can see where he's coming from the, sort of it, the, the heist bit of the film yeah. it does kind of it drops off a cliff it's a really good study yeah of everything, and the, I like the relationship he has with Jennifer Aniston. I think it's quite cute. You know, I love kung fu. Yeah, I mean, I love that. It's brilliant, especially when you when you hear the um, bong, like the gong sound, yeah. like bong. <laughs> um, it's, when, it's when it goes from just being sort of like a a study of the environment to actually like, oh shit, we need to put some plot in this. Yeah, yeah. 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 quick, 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 quick. Um, I like uh, I like the the guy whose job it is to <laughs> literally communicate with the developers but he doesn't communicate with anyone he basically makes his secretary so, do everything they're like the guy the old fat guy so with you the talk moustache. to the customers no no my secretary talks to the customers yeah. so then you I talk to the physically developers. take the orders down to the guys in engineering no no I don't physically <laughs> so what exactly do you yeah. do would you say you do here yeah. Yeah. it's the way he says it yeah. so what exactly is it that you do here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one but John C. McGinley could, <laughs> could he, do it he's like the that. guy that keeps talking about how he's going to lose his job yeah um, and <laughs> he has a happy ending like, he does has the best ending out of all of them when he tries to kill himself <laughs> but doesn't manage it because the wife walks in and then backs out of his carriage and then gets hit by um, a truck, doesn't he? Yeah, drunk driver. Yeah, drunk driver, that's right. And earns, earns his million dollars to make his dream project. <laughs> and his lawyer talks to Michael and Samir yeah. about conjugal visits <laughs> conjugal in prison. Was... No, I don't know really because He goes, uh, you know, state prisons, no, no walk in the park. Apparently the trick is to beat the shit out of someone on your first day. And make them your bitch. <laughs> <laughs> make, or, and avoid becoming their bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, um, but yeah, he so he makes the jump to conclusions, Matt. Yeah, which is it's just a prototype. <laughs> it's the worst idea. The I've conclusions ever are it's all just horrible. <laughs> the conclusions are all things like jump again, do whatever's on your mind. Stuff yeah, like it's that. just pathetic, yeah. isn't it? It's the, it's the see the guy the guy who made a pet rock. I mean, he made a million dollars. You know, I had an idea like that once. Really, Tom? What was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was. <laughs> 
pathetic. <laughs> Absolutely pathetic. <laughs> so bad. <sighs> we mentioned the Prince scene. It is yeah, a I mean, work of genius. It is a genius, but a work of genius. <laughs> Sorry, that was the shittest talking I've ever done in my life. So you, you see it, and everyone just thinks, "God, I would love to do that." Yeah, yeah. it's so satisfying. Mm. But the way they do it is the middle class white equivalent of a rap video as well, and it is so on the nose. They hit it just perfectly. The bit where he's been dragged back, so he's trying to smash it again it's with like his hands, bare <laughs> fists, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The intro in this printer. And they're handing around the baseball bat. It it it's it could be from from um, a, a gangster film, I think. It's, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so a, it's a great soundtrack, actually. Do you know the studio who made the film were were really really reticent about yeah. the almost all hip hop soundtrack. Um, they they really didn't like it. They actually wanted to diversify it up, but I think Mike Judge actually kind of put his foot yeah. down and said, "No, no, no, no. It's got to be. It's got the music has to be a complete juxtaposition." Yeah. For the circumstance, it yeah. has to be hip hop. But it's almost like Michael Bolton's picked the music as well, because he's clearly the guy. Oh, he's clearly yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just looks like just the kind of person who just shouldn't like that music. No, but he's he's that's what I'm saying. He's that kind. He's he would be the modern day internet troll. He's like the key, he's got the keyboard warrior written all over. Oh, because yeah, he'd be like yeah. he'd be all up on Reddit, wouldn't he? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But it's, it's when he's listening to the rap music in the car and the the, um, the homeless person's walking past and he's, he's being tough, like he's like mouthing the lyrics and he turns the music down and locks his door. Winds <laughs> <Yes. laughs> the window up. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's start to finish. There's just... I think in terms of how many times I laugh per minute, I think that it's up there with Airplane for me. Mm. Like, there's not mm. as many jokes, but I... I just there doesn't ever seem to be a scene where I'm not pissing myself laughing. I know everything that's going to happen. Like I've seen that film so many times now, and as I say, I didn't watch it until you pointed it out, and that was probably fourteen, fifteen years ago. To be fair, but <laughs> it's I've watched it. I can just put it on at any time, and I will always enjoy that film. It's yeah. so good. It's great. the the world that they create is just like this sort of amazing like ecosystem of pointlessness. Yeah. Like the the sort of the drab, featureless business park that they work on, with these soulless chain restaurants. Yeah, everyone's driving like a sort of beige car. The companies are all called basically the same thing. Yeah, they just do this pointless stuff that nobody really cares about. It's this sort of amazingly, wonderfully detailed, incredibly bland existence that all these people are forced to go through every day you're, you're right about the companies there's inner tech and inner trope isn't there yeah and then there's other names like based on inner or tech or trope basically yeah. They're just meaningless yeah. meaningless nonsense it's like the people's front of judea and the judean people's front and like the, the where it's shot is this just yeah it's like yeah. a completely featureless expanse of just low-rise yeah. office buildings yeah which i'm guessing there's like the, the, there's miles and miles of that in the suburbs of LA. The fact that they're trying to actively stop people looking at... They're trying to stop Milton looking at the squirrels as well. <laughs> says everything you need to know. That, that There's a small amount of happiness in his life. 
has been reduced to him having his radio on. Well, and also they're they're slowly but surely pushing him further and further back towards back of you know yeah. back to the wall, to the basement ultimately. And eventually, yeah, we're going to need to get some more boxes in here, so we're going to move you down to the basement. Yeah. It's just like, hang on, can't you just put the boxes in the basement? <laughs> no, we're moving him, and then turns the light out on the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well that's the final straw. Yeah. Um, it definitely worked with a few mills, like people that sort of like have been with the company thirty years but like want things to be exactly how they were then yeah. and haven't changed in any way. I think the most the weirdest thing with Milton is it's clear that he's not very well liked. But at the same time, you do feel a little bit sorry for him. But at the same time, I would probably not like him particularly if I worked with him either <laughs> because he's quite irritating. The bit where he's on the phone and he's talking about like all the things that he goes, you know, he's stupid stapler and and, and, the, and even the bit where uh, where um Peter, his name is Peter, isn't it? God, I've instantly yeah. forgot. Uh, Peter's trying to get him to turn his radio down. And he just comes back with, I was told that I can have my radio at a reasonable level. Uh, my, like, if Jeanette's allowed to use her headphones while she's filing, then I should be allowed to. And it's like, he's just asking for a favour. That's all it is. He's just, mm-hmm. like, he's clearly having a shit day. And he's clearly saying, look, just. Good the morning, just turn your fucking radio down. It's that it's that horrified face that he pulls yeah. whenever anyone like asks him anything. He like with those glasses that like magnify his eyes like to about four <laughs> times size, just kind of looks up to Peter with this like yeah. horrified kind of golem-esque sort of look in his eyes. Well, one of my favourite bits is when Peter's trying to leave like fifteen minutes early so he doesn't get asked to work the weekend. Yeah. And he's on the and you can hear Milton on the phone. You don't realise he's on the phone to Peter. Yeah. And they work like in the cubicle next to each <laughs> but other. But that happens all the time. Yeah. I call people who are across the office from me <laughs> yeah. because I can't be bothered to go and talk to them. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I just need that thing. Can you just email it over? Yeah, no, I know I yeah. <laughs> you know, you could have literally stood up and gone, Cam, <laughs> can I have that thing? Um, I just want to bring up, yeah. I looked up uh, like sort of top quotes yeah. and I remembered this one with the Hawaiian shirt there, which is kind of like this yeah. non sequitur kind of bit of the film where it just kind of pans in and uh, they're talking about that banner they put up, yeah. you know, the big banner, which is like, I can't remember what the banner says, but Lumberg just at the end of it just goes, oh, and uh, remember next Friday is Hawaiian shirt day. So, you know, if you want to, Go ahead and wear a Hawaiian shirt yeah. and jeans. Yeah. And all of the employees, without a word and no smile, just turn around and walk back to their cubicles. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just nothing. They don't give a shit. It's like the bit where they're singing Happy Birthday. Happy, Happy Birthday, Bill. Now, Milton, don't be the... greedy. Yeah. <laughs> but I was told that I would get a bit of cake. <laughs> He's not after much, is he? No, and that woman, obviously, she's passing him down. She literally just keeps that bit of cake yeah. and turns away from him like such a bitch. Um, <laughs> what was the other thing? Choosing your... Uh, oh, yeah, this this is this is the bit. This is the, when he's at the therapist. Worst yeah. day of my life, Peter. Yeah. So I was sitting in my cubicle today and I realised ever since I started working, every single day of my life has been worse than the day before it. <laughs> so that means that every single day that you see me, that's on the worst day of my life. <laughs> the therapist, what about today? Is today the worst day of your life? Peter, yeah. The therapist, wow, that's messed up. It's the way he goes. The way <laughs> wow, that's messed up. The way he says, because um, it's today the worst day of your life. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I've brought up, I found the jump to conclusions book, Matt, and what's on it. Uh, so it's got two feet and then start. And then these are the conclusions you get on it. Uh, one step back, think again. Moot! <laughs> no! Accept it! Go wild! Could be! Lose one turn! Which means nothing! Yes! Strike out! Jump again! Three question marks. 
That's just so shit. That's so shit. It's hilarious as well. It is. And what about uh, skipping work? Bob Seidel. Looks like you've been missing quite a bit of work lately, Peter. Well, I wouldn't say I've been <laughs> missing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's so good. It's. You know you can actually buy a jump to conclusions, mate. Yeah, I'm going to probably buy one. What? <laughs> hanging from, from the wall. <laughs> While we're on it, did you guys see the thing from the Peep Show thing about Theo Walcott's 30th birthday? The 3 0 Walcott. 3 0 Walcott to sell it to the tabloids. The 3 0 Walcott millions. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, there's always um, the. We've, we've agreed not to argue about whether this is a good idea or <laughs> yeah. not. So, did you see a newspaper actually published uh, the I headline 3 0 Walcott? more than one did, didn't they? No, no one cares that it's his 30th birthday. That's the hilarious thing about it. But someone obviously thought, we're on to a winner here. So I think it was the Mirror or something published three O Walcott. So yeah, uh, whatever football teams don't follow that shit. Um, uh, team Theo Walcott plays. Uh, he suffered his he suffered his thirtieth birthday. Suffered his thirtieth. He's uh, my word word. I'm oh, blah blah blah. Uh, celebrated his thirtieth birthday this week. And um, what's his face from Peep Show? David Mitchell. Uh, right, shit. Well, apparently it was a good idea. <laughs> very very funny. Um. Oh, I love this. This this is the this is the quote from Peter. Yeah. We don't have a lot of time on this earth. We weren't meant to spend it this way. Human beings were not meant to sit in a little cubicle staring at computer screens all day, filling out useless forms and listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. Yeah. And then this bit, I did absolutely nothing all day and it was everything I thought it could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just bloody lovely? I just think that's very oh, cock gobblers. <laughs> That's what Michael Bond says oh, yeah. when he's in the bar. Cock gobblers. <laughs> I love when someone goes, well, why don't you just change your name to Mike? Why should I change my name? He's the one that sucks. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. oh. oh, so good. Oh, it's so good. It is good. We could just sit here talking about quotes for the next we hour. We could do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything, any final thoughts on Office Space, apart from the fact that it's excellent? The, the one thing I'll say is, if you listen to this and you haven't watched it, watch Office Space. It's it's amazing. It's hilarious. And you'll find something in it that's relevant. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, now, it's still sort of remarkably... Yeah. Ro- probably like the culture around work has changed a bit more. Yeah. Um, I think there's more people sort of... So the Dilbert, there's more, I think there's, there's more that people are just grateful to have a job, a lot of the case, a lot of the times yeah. these days. Yeah, and I think I think what it's I think there's a message to take home from it, which is sometimes you have to buck up and try and find happiness elsewhere, because I think even he starts to feel happier when yeah. he's like in a relationship, yeah. which he probably wouldn't, you know, with with um, uh, what's the fucking place. Jennifer Aniston's like character. Um, so he, he has a girlfriend at the start, doesn't he? He's yeah, but just complete bitch. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I've got a feeling she's cheating on me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's that supposed to be? It's like, why do you think that? It's like you know, sometimes she gets that, gets that look, and you you just you know, <sighs> it's like Lawrence. Oh, hey, sorry, man. <laughs> he just like literally disappears into his own head, like just like imagining having sex with Peter's girlfriend. <laughs> I love Lawrence. He's, he's one of my favourite characters, isn't it? Um, hey, Peter, it's the breast exam ad again. Yeah. Hey, Peter. Watch out for your cornhole, bud. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lawrence, do you want to come over? No, thanks, Peter. I don't want you fucking up my life, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's brilliant. Uh, so I just looked up uh, quotes, but Pete's give, the, this one quote says exactly what Peter Gibbons does as a job. Um, so he's talking to Joanna, who is 
Jennifer Aniston's character. Mm. So I sit in a cubicle and update bank software for the 2000 switch. She says, what's that? He goes, well, see, they wrote all the bank software and I'd save space to use two digits for the date instead of four. So like 98 instead of 1998. Uh, so I go, I throw all these thousands of lines of code and it doesn't really matter. Uh, but basically, yeah, he changes all the dates from two digits to four digits for the year, which is soul destroying, I suppose, really. Crushing. Yeah. Which is funny, really, because the Millennium Bug was actually a complete fallacy. Yeah. Yeah, it made... Because well, there were heroes like Peter that, that sorted it all out in time. <laughs> yeah, but there was nothing There was nothing wrong. There was... No. There was it, it doesn't like, matter. If nobody had done anything, it would have been a problem. But yeah, it did just require a bit of bit of updating to happen. Yeah, the media really did fan the flames, though. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. like even Kevin Smith says, like when the yeah. new millennium turned around, he literally was sat there in his living room just going, oh my God, here comes the media. <laughs> <laughs> just pointing out the window. Like, oh, no, no. Speaking <laughs> of Kevin Smith, have you seen any of this stuff from uh, Jan Silent Bob reboot? Like the people that are going to be in it? No. It looks like it's going to be fucking great. It looks like it's going to be a love letter. It looks like it's going to be one uh, of the films yeah. that we will like yeah, <laughs> an awful lot. I don't give a shit about anyone else. <laughs> so, Right, well, yeah. rather than wank on... One last quote. Okay. Uh, when they're dishing out the carrot cake, I've never heard this, I'm now going to look at this, look for this in the film. Uh, Milton says, the ratio of people to cake is too big. <laughs> <laughs> All his quotes are great, but they're like muttered. Exactly. And like, there's normally somebody else talking at the same time, because he just gets ignored. Yeah, because I, cause then when he doesn't have the cake, he is just kind of standing there, just everyone just, else is eating cake. Just, cake. I could, yeah. could set the building on fire. <laughs> Or what was it? Put strychnine in the water supply. in the water supply. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Right. Well, yeah, I urge people, I think all of us would urge people to watch that film. It's as relevant now as it ever has been. Yeah. Um, especially at what? No, you carry on. Okay. I was going to wrap it up. Oh, before you wrap it up. Okay. Do we quickly, because this is big news, and I mentioned that we might talk about it. Do we want to quickly talk about James Gunn coming back to Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, I think that's the story. Mm-hmm. That's it, isn't it? James Gunn is back on board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how? I mean, I think it's great. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I think it's brilliant. It's really good. They, they must have just realised that you can't make a film where all the cast are like this is bullshit. Yeah, and, and he none wrote of the, the script. None of the other directors they wanted to do it would touch it out no. of respect for James Gunn because they asked Taka Waititi, didn't they? Yeah, and, and Edgar Wright. Yeah. yeah, and they both told him to fuck Edgar off. Edgar Wright, who they've already told, <laughs> to they've already told to fuck off once. Yeah. I mean, and, he probably enjoyed the fact to be able to turn around and go. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, well, he's James Gunn wrote the script and they're going with James Gunn's script. Hmm. So it makes sense that James Gunn would direct this. So he's, he's not going to rush Suicide Squad, is what, he's, is what he said, which is apparently a reboot. By the way, they're rebooting a film that they've only done one of. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be called The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Is it going to have the same actors in it? Uh, Idris Elba is replacing Will Smith, who doesn't want to do it. Uh, other than that, I think Margot Robbie's going to be in as Harley Quinn. And then they're going to... Yes! <laughs> then they're gonna change. Then they're yes. gonna change up the other characters in it. So they're talking about getting Killer Frost in it. So is, is it basically just gonna be like as if the first one didn't happen? Yep. Which is, I mean, that's how we all wish the world was. Who's I, going to I play? Wish it didn't who's going happen. to play the Joker? Um, anyone, literally anyone, but Jared Leto. Here's an idea. Yeah. Don't have the Joker in it. Yes. Because yeah. he's not really in the Suicide Squad anyway. No, he was kind of just kind of like shoehorned in there for also, no reason. So I know we always say it every yeah. time, but after Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker, as that type of Joker, that particular incarnation yeah. of the Joker, 
it's going to be very hard in cinema for anyone to ever be the Joker and not be compared to Heath Ledger. I've got... Here's what I think about that. Uh, Jared Leto has made it a lot fucking easier. Well, it's, like, <laughs> it's like they looked at yeah. the, the Heath Ledger Joker like, we've got to do something... We can't just try and do more of that. We've got to do something completely different, something utterly, utterly in a different direction. Yeah. And they did the Jared Leto thing. It's like, yeah, but not that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should have, sorry. Should have also added, and good. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's what they need to do. And here's what Marvel have done. Uh, do the comic. Do the Joker in the comics. They need to also pick an actor that people don't... I always feel Jared Leto has the Bono effect. Yeah. The second so, you see Bono, lots you of think, people think he's a prick. What already. a prick! And then he says something, and you're like, "Oh God, what a prick!" Yeah. And he just has that. You have that prejudice against Bono immediately. The second you see him, you're just like, "You look like a wasp, you twat!" And then you see Jared Leto, and you just think, "Christ, I hate Thirty Seconds to Mars." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you see him, and you're just like, "Oh God!" And him, I forgot it was him. You're in your forties, man, yeah. act like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So who would you have playing the Joker? Oh, I mean, it, it, like you just said a minute ago, anyone, <laughs> anyone else. I, 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 this may be too soon and this might be something you want to cut out, but I'm pretty sure Heath Ledger's corpse could do a better job <laughs> of being the Joker than Jared Leto. <laughs> I'll, I'll contemplate that now. But yeah, that, you like might it. want to cut that out. <laughs> I, yeah. So, yeah, Idris Elba's replacing Will Smith mm-hmm. uh, as Deadshot. And then they're going to get a load of other characters in. Well, Smith wasn't terrible in it, but I, I completely he get do why it. he doesn't want to do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you imagine, imagine, like, his agent? Yeah. So they're, they've, Will, they've, uh, w- Willie Baby, they've, yeah. uh, they've called you up again. Big Willie Style. Yeah. Big Willie Style. They're wondering. <laughs> they're wondering Millennium. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you want to, you know, play Deadshot in the reboot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> click. That's it. Just, I'd like, rather do another up. Scientology film. Thank you very oh, much. Christ, I mean, honestly, that's that's hilarious. Calling it a reboot, mm. like if they're actually they're not even they're not even calling it a reset. Yeah, mm. <laughs> just like a, a rewind. The other one was Suicide Squad. This is the Suicide Squad. So what's the difference? This one won't fucking exist in our world anytime yeah. soon. It's you know it's it's basically the same story but done better. I'd imagine so, yeah. Because Cara Delevingne was incredibly hot in that film and very good. See, we're getting to the, uh, the final points of this <laughs> film. Yeah, excellent. Don't know about very good. She didn't really do anything. She wasn't that She didn't great. have to, but she just, I like the she fact just that you, looks no, amazing. No, 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 no. You try to justify the very hot comment by saying she was very good as well. That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> she <laughs> wasn't totally caught red But back to <laughs> Guardians. Yeah. So... Guardians 3 might actually be good yeah. now that it's sort of back on track. It's going to arrive way too late because well, it's still set before Endgame. Is so it definitely still set before Endgame? I'm, I'm sh- the last I read was that. And like to set it after Endgame would presumably mean quite a hefty rewrite. I don't think it's... The best thing about it is the script's written and they've already mm. said that Marvel are having a year off basically before the next... Maybe they could just add a scene where you go... Remember when half of us died, but then some of us came back? Oh, that was weird. Yeah. Anyway, dusting themselves off. I think I think it should be the, I think it should be the um, set just before Infinity War. It should yeah. definitely just be. Yeah. It should be, and I think it should have. So it could end with them, Gamora and, setting off, and then Thor crashing into the front of the ship. Can you imagine Gamora and Quill actually having a love story? Because actually, it would make his reaction at losing Gamora. In mm. in Infinity War, even more realistic. If if they had just, yeah. kind of all, I mean, all this stuff may their... well have been planned. Yeah, for 
because this has been gestating for a long time. So I was going to say in the can, in, in the not in the can, in the you know, in the final the Bible, script, whatever it is. Mm. Yeah, it's probably from, been... from when they were developing yeah. Infinity War. I agree. Yeah, and so he's going to do Suicide Squad first, but but ba- we are... bash that out in half an hour and then yeah. get on, get but, back to Marvel. But yeah. we are sure, we are sure that, for instance, the new Spider-Man film is set after yeah. Endgame. Yeah, they said it, and he's back, and he yep. was one of well, them that clearly. died. Yeah, yeah. So they they they've been pretty honest about a lot of things post Endgame now. Someone dies. They, in they wouldn't though. have. Oh, if yeah. if they if there wasn't the whole Sony thing, yeah, there wouldn't have been a trailer. Yeah, but for Spider Man, Kevin Feige's already come out and said the the Marvel universe will be fronted by Captain Marvel from now on. That'll be the main. main oh, taking over from Iron Man. Yeah, saw which, Captain which... Marvel last night. It's really good. Oh, I, I yeah, but is that a bait and switch? Do, no, I, they ain't I, coming back. I, no, no, but I just well, they must do. No, I think I think one way or the other. Hmm. So Iron Man and Cap. Yeah, my prediction is. Both Iron Man and Cap will no longer be part of it. They're yeah. dying. Dead, retired. I think I'm, I, I think at least one of them is brown bread. I think Thor as well, by the way. Who is? Yeah. But who are they burying? Who is Cap carrying? Because I think he, I think he, Cap only gets that upset over. Bucket. Oh, that's no, that's that's Peggy Carter. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah. Peggy. That's a flashback yeah, to yeah, yeah. Um, oh. uh, Winter Soldier. Winter no, Soldier. no, uh, Civil War. Civil War. Yeah, yeah. Well remembered. Yeah. Yeah. All those black and white and red all over bits. Mm. Are from previous films, yeah. But one, some of them are previous, literally from the film just gone. Yeah, mm, yeah. Okay, so we're just but they're all, just they're all flashbacks. That. There's hardly any new footage in that. Mm. So, there's, so I've Except seen for Hawkeye. So I've mm. seen the two tra- Yeah, terrible haircut by the way. Um, I don't know. Is it? Huh? What his mohawk? It. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, to be fair though, my hair is shaped on the sides with mohawky but not like his I mean his is like thick and lustrous mine is thin and they, practically transparent they needed to do something to make it look like he, he's Ronin now so they needed to make him Ronin and to do that you need to you can't just give him the suit you need to make him look yeah slightly I, I think he's going to have a really tragic well his family have just fucking disappeared well, and like he yeah. the reason that he wasn't yeah. in the last one he did the right thing by his family. Yeah. He you know, he quit as an Avenger to yeah. look after his family. Well, no, he, and I've got a feeling that he was part of house arrest. But he like he could have been in yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. if he'd really wanted to, but he wasn't. He was staying at home to look after them. Yeah. And I've got a horrible feeling that he's gonna like it's it, he's gonna be the only one left and that's what sent him off on this. this I can't rampage. wait for Ant Man. Ant Man obviously gets out. Yeah. You've seen, the, think, you've seen the end of Ant-Man and Wasp, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I think that there's... He's stranded there's in There's not too much... Verse. I like that they're not going to worry too much about this because like, we know that the people that got dusted are coming yeah. back. We know that Ant-Man's coming back out. Yeah. So they may as well confirm it in the trailers. Yeah, well, we yeah. Yeah, definitely. But there's still a lot of, like... A lot of hints that there's going to be some sort of time ta- travel shenanigans well, going on. Kevin Feige said that everything in the trailers from the first 15 minutes of the film. Yeah. Oh, okay. God, so Iron Man like a month, drifting month, alone in space. Two yeah. months to go. Well, they seem to be wearing what appear to be futuristic spacesuits, don't they? I think they're. Yeah. I think those are quantum realm suits. Ah, uh, that would make sense. I've seen the article that talked about that because, of course, they they look almost identical to the things that um, Michael Douglas's character were yeah. wearing when he rescued. Do, you know, do you know, don't they? Do you yeah. know what else they look like? Uh, Fantastic Four suits when they've been they do when yeah. the, with the a logo yeah, on there yeah. I, I wasn't sort of 
yeah. paying attention for it. And I did think it is, is that a fantastic four? I my my eagle predi- eyes. My prediction. Oh, by the way, um, I'm just going to say Nick Fury's eye. <laughs> I don't know how satisfied I am with that. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it, so don't spoil it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with that. <laughs> Yeah, okay, won't say anything more than that. Don't say anything more. I'm going to watch it no. with Jodie on the weekend. Are you actually going really to see it, yeah? Yeah, it is, yeah. It is really yeah. good. Should we do a Captain Marvel pod next week, then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be lovely. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually away, though, next week, aren't oh, I? Oh, okay. The week after, oh, should actually, we do so, a Captain so am I, probably. We should probably oh, do this admin later. Yeah, no problem. Right, anyway, we just want to talk about James Gunn. Back yeah. on Guardians. Couldn't be happier about it. Excellent news. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's episode of the Too Much Time On Our Hands podcast. If you haven't watched it already, I would implore you all to go and watch Office Space. It's one of the best things you'll ever watch. And it's only, well, it's just under 90 minutes. So what? what, it's what 85 are? minutes. 85 minutes. Yeah, yeah. it rattles yeah. along. Yeah. For something that's yeah. sort of slow paced. It's so much it, in there. Yeah. It crams a lot in a short And it's short got Ron time. Livingston and Diedrich Bader and John C. McGinley. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston's in Gary it. Cole. Yeah, Gary yeah. Cole. Um... The guy that plays Milton Waddens. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the... Blind guy from Sneakers. And, and blind guy from Sneakers. <laughs> and all the other people. And it's great. Anyway, if you want to follow us on any of our social feeds, um, Twitter is at, no, at TMTOOH. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash TMTOOH. Instagram is at TMTOOH. And don't forget to tune in to our sister pod, Theatrical Cut, who are dealing with all sorts of funny film-related stuff at the moment. Yeah, they're, they're just doing the roundup this week. So, yeah. Fair dinkum. Them, and if you want to follow them on social feeds? Oh, Theatrical Cut Pod on Instagram and Theatrical Cut on Facebook. Fair dues. Thank you very much for listening. Have a fantastic time. And if you do work in an office... Don't quit your jobs immediately after watching Office Space. Goodbye. Exit the building and fire. He's, he's tricking you in the books. <laughs> <laughs>